Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Everybody, um, I'm glad to see y'all made it out this morning. It's kind of rainy weather and made it through the holidays. If you're like me, you ate way too much food. I think I'm going to have to talk to Tiff about some fasting uh, <laughs> advice here later for the next few days. Um, I love this video because it's a perfect description and depiction of my life and how God has taken a broken vessel and put it back together and made it better than it ever was before. Amen. That's how God works in our life. Um, I want to share this message this morning. I feel like God has given me several weeks ago about grace. Um, and I think that you're going to perceive grace in a different way when we finish today. I think you're going to see it in a way that you've never seen it before. He's given me a couple of different stories to share with you guys this morning about grace, one about grace in my life, and then one that he actually gave me a title for, and it's called God Watched. And it's a story of God and grace and unconditional love that I feel sure was going to just give you a different outlook on grace. Um, If we could define grace, it would probably be something like this, the unmerited, undeserved favor of God. The unmerited, undeserved favor of God. In other words, you can't earn grace. You can't go to enough Sunday school classes. You can't serve on enough ministry teams. You can't go to enough foreign countries. You can't serve on enough worship teams. You can't serve, you can't feed enough hungry people. There's nothing that you can do to earn grace. It's a free gift. Grace is free from God to the believers and we surely don't deserve it. I don't deserve the grace of God. I don't deserve the favor of God on my life. Um, I grew up in church, my whole family, my parents, my grandparents, my aunts, uncles, uh, cousins, all of us, we all just went to church. And, you know, I got saved in an early age. I got baptized when I was real young. I got a Bible from Bible school when I was like six or seven years old. Uh, I went on all the little field trips with the Sunday school class. I, I was in the Christmas plays. We did all of the right things grow, <clears throat> excuse me, growing up. And up until about 22 years ago, I knew who God was. I knew who the Holy Spirit was. I knew who Jesus was. But up until about 22 years or so ago, if you would have asked me my description of grace, it probably would have had something to do with what you say before you eat. Anybody else? Y'all are kind of chuckling, but you, you understand what I'm saying. I can still hear my grandmother say it. Let's have grace. It's time to eat. It's time for grace. And when I was preparing for this message, I thought, why would she say that? Why would she say let's have grace when we're obviously having a blessing? (laughs) Then it hit me. Grace 
is a blessing. Grace is a blessing. And it, it, so I guess my grandmother was right. We're going to have grace when we finish today before we have lunch. Um, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says this. And this is in red letters as Jesus talking to us. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. The word sufficient there means enough. God's grace is enough for whatever you need. I, uh, like I said a minute ago, up until about 22, 23 years ago, I, I, I kind of thought of, I didn't know what grace was. I didn't understand grace. And I had reached a point in my life, Lynn and I, I was working full time in my own business, working seven days a week, um, trying to raise family, you know, pay bills. Lynn was working. We had kids in school and we were just doing life. We weren't bad people. We were just doing life and God was not at the forefront of it. Church wasn't even at the forefront of it. We were working all the time. It wasn't a priority for us. And through a set of circumstances, we started going to church. And I remember a conversation I had with God one Sunday morning. I said, Lord, I want to give you everything I have. My job, my family, my business, my, my vehicles, my house. I want to give it all to you. I, wanted to, I came to a point where I wanted to rededicate my life. And, and, and I told, and I made a deal with God. You ever made a deal with God? So I made a deal with him that day. I said, I'll give you everything, but I want something in return. I want you to give me everything that you've got for me. Everything. If you know me at all, you know I don't go 50%. I can either go all out or I don't go. If I'm going to break bad horses, I want the worst ones you got. I want to go all out. And it's the same with God. It's the same with my walk with God. I wanted all that he had for me. I didn't want to play with it. Don't play games with God. And so I, talk, I, you know, I had that conversation with him that day. And God is faithful to hear your prayers and to answer them in his time and on his terms. It's not always what you think it's going to be. It's not always going to be when you think it's going to be, but he will answer your prayer. Because a few months later, um, I had the opportunity to go on a, a, a men's weekend, and, and I, was, uh, I was sitting in some quiet time where I didn't have a phone. There was no TV. There was no kids around. There was no job. There was no nothing but me and God. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you don't have that place where you can go away from the TV's the phones, the kids, the job, and just get quiet with God, I encourage you to find that place. Because we need to have quiet time with God to hear from him. So I was in this quiet time, and, and I was sitting there, and I was just thinking, okay, this is really cool. I love this. I want to hear from God. And then I remembered our conversation. And I felt the need to remind God of our conversation. I said, do you, do you remember the, the conversation that you and I had a few months ago about me wanting everything that you had for me to do? Well, well I hadn't heard anything. Have you ever been to a place in your life where you felt like there was more? 
that it was something big just around the corner that God had for you to do. There's just, there's got to be more to life than, than what I'm doing. And you knew it was there, but you just didn't know what it was. And that's kind of where I was at that day. I was like, God, I know, I know there's something out there, but I don't know what it is. And I need you to tell me. And then it was like, all of a sudden, it was like this big sledgehammer just went and shattered me in a zillion pieces, just like that bowl. I was broken before God, all over the place. And then God, it was like this big spiritual broom, just started sweeping out stuff like alcoholism and, and unforgiveness and abandonment issues and, and, and people that I had hurt and people that had hurt me. And God just swept out that stuff. He got rid of it. And then he started putting me back together a piece at the time. Unlike a jigsaw puzzle, if you're putting it together and you sweep out a couple, two or three pieces, you can throw it away because it will never be complete. When God breaks you, or when you're broken before God and he puts you back together, there's no pieces missing. There are no pieces missing. He puts you back together completely and makes you more beautiful than you ever were before. It's the way God works. I've, I've trained horses most all my life. I've been riding since before I could walk very well and I, I trained horses for years. And one of the first things that I always do when I have a new horse that comes in the pen or in the barn or in the, wherever I'm working with them, I get nose to nose with this horse right there. And I breathe on that horse. Right in that horse's nose. And I allow that horse to breathe back on me. And what happens is that horse will never, ever, ever forget my smell. Ever. And that one breath is the beginning of a relationship of trust and love between me and a 1,200-pound wild animal. It's the beginning of a relationship of trust. And every single time that I ask that horse to do something new, like walk, trot, lope, back, spin, whatever we're going to do at that time that we're working on, I always ask the horse this, do you trust me? Do you trust me? People have laughed at me over the years. Well, you think a horse really understands what you say? God spoke to all the animals and they went and got on the ark. <laughs> Just saying. They understand. If you have fur babies or whatever, you know they understand what you say when you say it. And that horse would understand, do you trust me? And he came to learn a few things about our relationship. See, we started building that relationship and the key to any relationship, get this if you don't get anything else today, the key to a good relationship is spending time together. That's right. And the more time I spent with that horse, the more he came to learn a few things. He learned that I was not his enemy, but his friend. He learned that I was there to help him and not hurt him. He learned that I was there to teach him and train him and guide him in the way he should go. To the point where that horse would trust me with his life and I could trust him with mine. 
I remember being on a horse one time and we were chasing these cows. We were trying to get them pinned up and get them in a trailer. And there was one little yearling bull that had some horns and he was meaner than a rattlesnake. And he took off down through the woods and got in a creek bottom where you couldn't see him. And I took off on my horse and went down there after him. And I got down in the creek bottom and there he was and it was really tight and there was no place to really go. And that little yearling bull decided he wanted to charge us with those horns and a horn will hurt you especially sitting on a horse and you have nowhere to go. And this horse that I've been riding for a couple of years reached out with his mouth and grabbed that yearling by the nap of the neck and stopped him dead in his tracks and held him for a few seconds and then let him go. When he let him go, that bull got gone. <laughs> but you see, that horse protected my life that day as well as his. It's a relationship. From one breath. From one breath. And that day that God put me back together, he took a deep breath and he blew on me. The breath of God. The Holy Spirit. It was a sweet aroma that I will never, ever forget the rest of my life. That one breath was the beginning of a relationship between me and my Heavenly Father of trust and love. A relationship that I learned as it went along by spending time together that he was my friend and not my enemy. That he was there to help me, not to hurt me. That he was there to teach me and lead me and guide me and show me the way to go to the point to where I trust him with my life. The word tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, to trust in the Lord with all your heart. All of your heart. All of your heart. Your relationships, your spiritual life, your emotional life, your finances, your jobs, all of your heart. You trust him with it. I want to ask you this morning, do you trust him? Do you, it's easy to be spiritual in, in church and say, oh, yeah, I trust the Lord. <laughs> and then walk out the door and do something that just totally contradicted what you just said. Do you honestly and truly trust the Lord with all of your heart? I hope that by the um, end of this message, you'll learn how to do that. In all my years of going to church, and, and I'm not taking anything away from the traditional church because if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be here today. But in all my years of going to church, I had never encountered the Holy Spirit like I did that day. That was a picture of grace. God had grace on my life that day. He showed me favor. A dirty, rotten, old sinner. He showed grace. He had favor. I didn't earn it, and I surely didn't deserve it. I'm going to share this story now that God gave me called God Watched. My prayer is that, that when you hear this, you'll have a completely different understanding of grace. If you've got children or nieces, nephews, grandchildren, or something, I want you to try and put yourself in God's place in this story. And I want you to try and put your children 
in the place of God's son in this story. The title of it is God Watched. And it goes like this. God looked down on the earth and saw that we needed a savior. He saw we were in bad shape. And he knew that he needed to send someone to live a sinless life and give his life in order to save us. He didn't look around heaven and say, let's go get the old ditch digger guy over there, the stall guy that cleans up the stalls. He's dirty and nasty and and never really amounted to much in life anyway. We can send him. We won't miss him too much. The word says in John 3.16 that God gave his only begotten son. He loved you enough that he took the best of the best of the best that he had and sent him in your place. This is a picture of grace and unconditional love. And again, I want you to put your children in the place of God's son. And I want you to try and see it from God's eyes in this deal. Have you ever felt like you disappointed God? Am I the only one? Have you felt like you let God down? You just didn't measure up? Well, I want to encourage you this morning. By the time you hear the end of this story, you'll realize that's not possible. It's impossible to disappoint unconditional love. It's impossible to disappoint unconditional love. God watched as his son, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, was born into a dirty little manger surrounded by animals. He watched as his son grew into a little boy playing with his friends, falling and scraping his knees, running crying to his mama. God watched as his son grew into a young boy and at 12 years old was found teaching the teachers in the synagogues. God watched as his son learned the carpentry trade from his earthly father, learned to use his hands and make things out of wood. God watched as his son became a man and came into his purpose. And was baptized in the dirty Jordan River by his cousin John. God watched as his son chose his 12 disciples to follow him. God watched as they laughed and mocked him for claiming he was the son of God. God watched as his son performed miracles. Turning water into wine. Giving sight to the blind. Healing the lame. God watched as his son fed 5,000 with just a couple of fish. God watched as his son was sold out for 30 pieces of silver. God watched as his son was arrested and wrongly accused. God watched as his son had a crown of thorns pushed down onto the top of his head until his head was bleeding. God watched as his son was led out into the street and was sentenced to crucifixion. God watched as his son was mocked and laughed at and spit on 
God watched as his son was drugged down the street and thrown down onto a whipping post and tied. God watched as his son was beaten with a whip at least 39 times until he was unrecognizable. His flesh and his meat were just hanging off. There was not a spot on his body that wasn't beaten. God watched as they forced him to carry the heavy cross down the road to Golgotha. God watched as he fell and the Ethiopian came and helped him. God watched as they threw him onto the ground on the cross and stretched his arms out and then drove a spike through his arms. God watched as they pulled his legs down and drove a spike through his feet, nailing him to the cross. God watched as they stood the cross up and dropped it in a hole in the ground between two thieves, like a common criminal. God watched as they ripped his clothes off and cast lots for them. God watched as the Roman soldier pierced his side with a sword. God watched and heard as his son said, Father, forgive him. God watched as his son took his last breath and died. God watched as they laid him in the tomb. God watched as he rose from the dead and ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits today making intercession for us. The story is a picture of grace. It's a story of unconditional love. Because God could have stopped it at any time. At any moment. Can you imagine watching your child go through that for a lost, sinful, dirty world? That's what unconditional love does. I've got two grown sons, a grown daughter, an amazing son-in-law, an awesome daughter-in-law, four grandsons, and a 12-year-old granddaughter that's the most beautiful thing that's ever been born on this earth. And I love them with all my heart. But as much as I like you guys and love you guys, I could never choose one of them to do what Jesus did for you. It's grace. It's grace. If you could give grace an acronym, it would be something like this. God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is free. We talked about it a while ago, being a free gift. It's like if I go out and buy you a gift and I give it to you, all you have to do is receive it. You have nothing invested in it, and it hasn't cost you anything. Grace is a free gift that comes wrapped in a package we call salvation. 
grace. It's a free gift that we call salvation. It didn't cost you anything. You just have to receive it and open the package. It cost God the life of his only son. That's unconditional love. We like to say that I, I, I'd love to tell you I love Miss Lynn unconditionally. And, and I think I do to a point. I think we all can say that maybe to a point. But I love to hear the guy say, well, I love my wife unconditionally. If she just wouldn't do this or do that or say things this way or say things, that's conditional. You just put conditions on it. God's love or God's grace is unconditional. There's no limit to it and there's no conditions on it. Not only is it unmerited and undeserved, it's unusual. The world does not understand how a God could love people so much that he would be willing to give his only son's life to save their life. It's unusual to the world. Not only is it unusual, it's unstoppable. Grace is part of the package you get with God. You, you can't stop it. It's favor. We just, we just heard Chantel talk about the favor of God on her life. That's grace. That's how grace works. It's favor. It's when you see God working in a way that you know it's him. There's nothing else. There's no other way it could have happened but him. That's God's grace on your life. And finally, it's unending. It's unending. The word said God was, God is, and God always will be. Grace is God, and God is grace. So if that's true, then grace is always was, always is, and always will be. It's part of the whole deal you get with God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 in the Passion Translation says this. For by grace you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation. For it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast. For salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. I want to do something with you guys this morning. I want you to um, close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to picture yourself standing before God. Whatever God looks like to you, we all have our own idea. But you're standing before him. And he puts his hand on your shoulder. And he looks at you. And he says, my son or my daughter, I love you. I love you so much that I sent my son to die for you. That he gave his life so that you might have life. And I want you to receive my free gift of grace right now. And picture God taking a deep breath and just blowing 
the Holy Spirit on you right now. Do you feel it? Can you smell it? Such a sweet, peaceful feeling. It's so sweet, the grace of God. My question for you this morning or have you received the free gift of grace from God? Are you living in that grace? Stand for prayer. Before we pray, I want you to close your eyes. And I want to ask this question. If there's any of you here today, anybody who has never made Jesus the Lord of your life, but you, you can't say without any reserve that there hadn't been a time and, and place that you know that you know that you accepted him as your Savior. I want you to raise your hand high now. there's anybody here who maybe you're at a point in your life where you feel like there's something more there's just something else that God's got for me to do I know it's out there and you feel like it's time for you to just turn it around to give everything to him and allow him to break you and put you back together completely Raise your hand. Yeah. 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 I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. Father, help me to accept your free gift of grace. And learn to live my life in that grace. Help me, Father, to see that grace in my life and tell others about your unconditional love. Help me, Father, to remember the price you paid for my life and to be grateful. And glorify you because of it. Forgive me for ever misusing your grace and help me to be a living testimony of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. 
For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at bfcthomasville.org.